everyone. Welcome back to the All Things New podcast. Thank you so much for joining again this week. I hope you all have had a wonderful, fantastic, glorious, awesome week this past week. Um, I went to the UPCI General Conference and it was my first one and I honestly had so much fun. It was really great being able to see people that I, you know, have been friends with and the services were awesome and so was the music. So I'm really glad I was able to go. So this week's topic, as you can see by the title, is evangelism as an introvert. And obviously these things can be applied to anyone, but I'm an introvert, so I specifically relate to what I'm going to talk about just because um, socializing can be a little too much for me sometimes. <laughs> I was at um, General Conference last week, and it's a very, very social event, and I was like fine when my friends were with me, but when my friends weren't with me, I was like, oh, I'm just gonna leave and go to the hotel because it's a little too much it's overstimulating it's a little you know I've got social anxiety so that does not help with that at all but I was thinking like how in my life because I had this really just brought in my face like how much I am an introvert and I was just thinking about it like okay so how have I in the past and how can I in the future evangelize as someone who is very introverted and that doesn't mean I don't like to talk to people I actually love talking to people but when it comes to the initiation of a conversation especially with strangers I am not particularly a huge fan of that so I wanted to go over a couple of things that I found to be very helpful throughout my life um, and throughout just being a witness to, to who God is um, and being able to evangelize, quote-unquote, quote evangelize, um, even though I'm not, like, going down the streets knocking on doors because I will never do that, to be honest. Like, that's just not the type of person I am. And that would overwhelm me and I would not even be in a good space to be able to share Jesus if I feel unsafe or if I feel uncomfortable, if that makes sense. I mean, not like, it's not like it's, I'm always going to feel comfortable, but it's like, that's just not, that's not my vibe. <laughs> I hope that makes sense. So the first point that I've got is to live like Christ and to do everything for the glory of God. Now, I've got a lot of scriptures here, which is good because this is the Bible and this is a biblical topic. So um, I think that it's a bit important to have some, you know, biblical backup to what I'm saying um, because my statements are all derived from ideas from the Bible, from the New Testament. So it only makes sense for me to actually read what I'm referring to just to give a bit more com context and to maybe enlighten or you can refer back to this yourself, but it's very enlightening and very helpful stuff. So I'm going to begin with Romans chapter 12, and I'm honestly going to read the whole thing. I'm going to try to be a little quick, but I didn't want to leave anything out because this is so good and it's so applicable, especially for this particular topic. So I'm actually reading from the NLT, and the title of this is a living sacrifice to God. And it begins like this. 
And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Now this is important, this next part here. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Um, this in a, a traditional, I suppose, a KJV or NKJV, this is the passage that says, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I actually, I love how the NLT writes that. It just says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. I love that so much. Alrighty, and this uh, particular verse continues on by saying, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, which is, this is Paul speaking, I give each of you this warning. Do not think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. I love this next part. It says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. I love that specifically. It's just do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. That's so important. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Indeed, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Romans 12 is literally incredible. This is golden. This is really, really good stuff. And it really just, the whole main theme of this particular chapter is speaking towards the character of your heart as a Christian. It's speaking of some, honestly, some of these things are difficult. <laughs> Do not think you are better than you really are. <laughs> like, we really like to hype ourselves up. But this passage is like, 
don't don't basically it's like don't hype yourself up like the ultra nlt would say don't hype yourself up don't do stuff for clout like don't do that like don't think you're better than you really are and be honest in your evaluations of yourselves measuring yourselves by the faith god has given us so not measuring ourselves by our abilities but by by the faith that we have been given by god himself um, I love the parts that talk about loving each other with genuine af- affection and also um, if others are weeping, weep with them. Just to walk hand in hand with other people and have this this righteous, good character. And of course, we're not all going to be perfect. There are going to be moments when you don't love purely and moments when you are responding to someone and it's not in the most um, correct way. or you may be um or being negative or something that's contrary to this we're not going to ever be perfect but it's really important to remember to strive to be able to do these particular things because these things seeing the character of a person will lead others to christ just by seeing how they live so if you by living your life are having this this character you are showing this character of a christian of someone who is loving, who is is repaying evil with good, who is walking hand in hand with other people in life, who is treating other people the same, who's loving loving everyone, who's being kind and and remembering that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, that your life is a living sacrifice to God. Just by doing these things is speaking a ton. You can speak only so much with your words, but your actions and your lifestyle speak tenfold of who you are as a person to what's in your heart, to what you prioritize, and ultimately to who you worship just by seeing the way you conduct yourself, the way you react, the way you live your life, the way you love, the way you relate to others. So, this particular thing by just living like christ and doing everything for the glory of god is huge this one particular thing it just speaks volumes it speaks absolute volumes and it's just it's hard too because sometimes you can you know we can snap or we can talk bad about people but it's like it's just so important to think and remember that i this my life is a a living sacrifice to god and as this living sacrifice, I will honor him and worship him and, and do everything for his glory and love him. And maybe by doing these particular things, by these actions, someone will see Jesus in me. They will see Jesus in the way I act, respond, speak, conduct myself. Your character speaks absolute volumes. Another really important passage in relation to this is 1 Corinthians 13, which of course this is one of the most popular passages <laughs> because it's speaking about love, but I'm not going to read it, but I just wanted to mention it because ultimately it's saying you can use all the spiritual gifts you want. You can do all these works and all these things, but if you do not love, it is in vain. And it's going on to tell us what love is. It says love is patient, love is kind, it's not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It doesn't demand its own way, it's not irritable, it keeps no record of wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but it rejoices when truth wins out. 
never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful. It never fails. So also by striving to have these particular characteristics of love, of trying to love people and by loving people, you're being patient, you're being kind, you're not being jealous or boastful or proud or rude, which is one of the hardest of these, not going to lie. It can be easy to be rude or irritable or demanding our way or saying my way or the highway, but that's not love at all. Love doesn't keep records of wrongs. So just these things, it's so important to to just remember these things and to strive to do these things because love, man, true love is, that'll just completely, that'll change a lot of things. And there may be people in your community or people that you're around, maybe at your work or people that frequent the same grocery store as you that you run into, just any type of people that you run into on a daily basis that may never have experienced true love and you by being a child of God and by having this character you are going to be that piece of true love that they've never experienced that they've never known and that's quite powerful and it kind of just changes the perspective of like how you are (laughs) like you can just think like oh just going to the grocery store it's fine like whatever it doesn't matter but it matters everything you say everything you do these all matter because they're either pointing or turning someone away from Jesus. And so it's just so important to remember these things, to love well, to try to love as best as we can, and to allow God to work on our hearts so that we can love the best way that we can and that we can be shown by him how to love people as well. I've also got another passage here. I told you all I got it a lot of Bible. And it's important because this is crucial. This is where we learn how to show Jesus, right? I mean, this is the only reference to have. So I figured it's just important to be able to reference these things because this is this is where we get it. This is this is our doctrine. I'm gonna read Ephesians five verses one through twenty. Actually, yeah, I'm just gonna read all of it. It's not that long. Alrighty, so this title is Living in the Light. Verse one starts by saying Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of the world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Do not participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. Oof, man, that hits different. (laughs) I'm going to read that one more time. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. Wow, I could like end the podcast right now. That's, wow, that's crazy. The Bible really be exposing us. Like, it really do be. Like, wow, that's crazy. 
Um, verse 13 says, But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them, for the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Do not live like fools, but like who, those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. I'm going to read that again. I love that. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourself and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, y'all listen. This is good stuff. It's just exposing. It's exposing Christians. Like, it's exposing. Like, it just talks about, like, participating in things and even talking about them. Like, talking about, like, ooh, so-and-so did blah, blah, blah. Or, and so-and-so did this. Did you hear about blah, blah, blah? And it's like, oof. Like, the Lord's like, nope do not do that like these evil things will be brought out in the light but it's not for you to be gossiping about like wow that's that's deep man the bible really does expose us but it's that's what it's supposed to do like man i love that so much but this passage is just talking about like how important your actions are as well and talking about the int like you have to put intention in your actions in your thoughts in your conversations and one of the verses, verse 10 says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Think of, of your life and, and, and so say, for example, if you want to do one thing or make a particular decision, think to yourself, would this please the Lord? Would this be aligning with with uh, the character that he would like me to have? Or would this align with his word? Just like, just not, not being thoughtless. And it says in this passage again, like, don't act thoughtlessly. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. Be intentional with your actions, with what you say, with what you do, because people are watching you and people are listening as well. And people will be able to kind of figure out if what your character is. Like if you gossip a little on the side and start gossiping more, like people will find out, you know, like it's not like it's just going to be a secret because, I mean, you don't keep secrets and the secret's not going to be kept about you either, period. Okay. But like this passage is so important because it's just, it's emphasizing how important our conversations are in private, in public, our actions, our thoughts, our intentions, all of these things matter. Every single one of these things matter. And it's so important to think while we're living our lives, does this please the Lord? Is this pleasing in his sight? Would this put a smile on his face? Would this action that I'm doing, would this lead someone to Christ or would this turn them away from him? Or would this lead someone to want to come to church or would it turn them away to the idea? These things are so important and so crucial. And Ephesians 5 really just highlights that so beautifully for us. I've also got some verses in Philippians. So first I've got Philippians chapter 1 and here I'm going to read verses 27. Through 30. It says, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. 
This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I am still in the midst of it. Living as citizens of heaven, that's big. That's that's important. That's so huge, and that's so, so important to just remember. I am a citizen of heaven. Like, my name is written in that book, but let me live like that. I'm not just going to live, like, carelessly. I and mean, even if you do, like, that's just, that's not, you're not going to bring people with you to heaven if you're acting crazy and you're not showing people what being Christ-like is and what this, what, and how amazing living with Christ is if you're just acting crazy, you know? Live as citizens of heaven. I love that so much. The next passage I'm going to read is, Philippians 12, verses 14 and 15. This is a quick one. It says, Do everything without complaining and arguing, so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. I love this so, so much, because this kind of wraps up the main idea of living like Christ and doing things for the glory of God. It doesn't have to be something crazy, something huge. It doesn't have to be like you are a street preacher or you are doing something so, you know, extravagant. It can be as simple as your character, as simple as being kind, as as not complaining or arguing. Like that seems so simple, but that speaks volumes. That speaks absolute volumes. Um I love how it says so that no one can criticize you. I have this um, philosophy, this idea that I like to have in my life. Like, I don't want anyone to to have anything bad to say about me. And I just love that. Like, that's basically like a biblical concept. Like, do things so that no one has anything bad to say about you. And of course, I'm not perfect. No one ever will be. But your actions speak volumes about the type of person you are, the type of character that you have. So this first part of living like Christ and doing everything for the glory of God is so important and it can be so simple it's not taking a bible in the streets and quoting revelation that's a little bit intense if you ask me and that's not my vibe at all <laughs> there doesn't even have to be knocking on doors or handing out bibles and although those things are very good living your life and I've learned this throughout my life which you know I'm only 23 I'm young but I've been around a lot of people who were not in church who did not love the lord as i do or i mean i'm not saying i love him perfectly but like who do not pursue jesus and something that i noticed even if it wasn't explicitly stated that i was different but i knew just by me living my life was going to be a witness and i was going to be planting seeds that i may not know about them blooming they may bloom in 40 years and i don't know that but it's the fact that the way i live my life the way i speak the way i conduct myself this is planting seeds in different people's lives and the people that I surround myself with. Like, you truly have no idea. You never know what seeds that you're planting. You never know when or how they're going to bloom. You never know what that person is going to affect other people. You truly have no idea. And that's why it's so important for us to remember to live like like Christ, to have this character of kindness and 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 faithfulness, and to be patient and and loyal. It's just so important to have these characteristics because these will show who you worship, ultimately. The way you behave will show 
your morals, your values, your character, and these things will point people to Christ. They might not they might not know exactly what it is, but it's the Christ inside of you, and that's so important just to live your life in this manner of pleasing the Lord and loving him and wanting to lead others towards him toward him by having this character by doing these particular things in your life because your actions as i've said a million times your actions speak volumes and they proclaim who you worship the second way you can evangelize as an introvert or just in general is by using your gifts for the glory of god um really quickly i'm going to read first corinthians um chapter 12 verses 4 through 7 and it states, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. As I was um, looking for scriptures for this podcast episode, I had noticed that um a lot of times the spiritual gifts are mentioned in the New Testament and the epistles that it says spiritual gifts are given to help each other. They're not to hoard. They're given to you. This gift is for you to share with other people. Um, when we think of gifts, you automatically think of like talents, like singing, playing an instrument, etc. right? Those are huge and important. And I'm, I'm a part of that group of the musicians and singers. Like that's, that's like literally like one of the top five most important things in my life is music. <laughs> but there are other spiritual gifts as well. Um, like, as I read in Ephesians, I believe, encouragement, kindness, these are gifts too. And if you use these for the glory of God, that's just pointing people to God. That's pointing people to who you serve, who you follow. And it's so important to use these gifts for the glory of God because he has given these gifts to you ultimately for his glory and as we are living sacrifices one of the big sacrifices that we can do is to give the gifts that have been given to us back to god for his glory because that's what they were given to us for in the first place really quick i'm going to circle back to the music because that's like my thing like i am literally when i tell you i will be up at 12 a.m or no not not even 12 12 is like early for me i'll be up at like 2 a.m like writing a song in garage bands i'll be like you know, arranging music and writing songs and like doing all this kind of stuff. Like I'll be practicing the bass one minute, then I'll go down to my piano, and my guitar. It's like this is like literally a part of my veins. <laughs> music is literally like intertwined within me. But as I'm doing these things, I'm thinking, Lord, I just would love, I just want whatever I'm writing, whatever I'm creating to be for your glory i want this to be something that touches someone's spirit that speaks to someone about your goodness and your kindness and your love and i wanting this to be something that leads someone to jesus that that leads someone that makes someone's heart feel some type of way right not because of my abilities but because of of what god has put in me because of the words the anointing that the lord is using through me as a vessel the things that the Lord has given me, the the words or the chords or literally whatever it may be, as glory for the Lord. And all of these things are so important. So when I'm writing, I always pray, I'm like, Lord, I just I just want you to give me something to touch people's spirits. Just give me something that glorifies you. Give me something that 
points people towards you like when I'm writing music because it's like I love music so much but man it is my one of my deepest desires just to make music that is glorifying the Lord that just makes people want to fall on their faces and worship and it's not my ability at all obviously he's giving me these gifts but for his glory and it's like I want to use them for his glory because I love doing these things and it's also super great that I love them because I love to do it for the Lord as well so using your gifts whatever they may be if your gifts writing like poetry write poetry write a book if your gift is greeting and loving and building relationships do that greet people go join the greeting team at your church or start a small group there are so many things you can do for the glory of the lord and something that i love about gifts that god gives us is that a lot of the time gifts that he gives us for his glory spiritual gifts have a lot to do have a lot of correlation with things that we are good at or that we already like to do in the first place so for example i've loved music since i was literally born basically um and that's something that was inherent within me but it's something i love to do and the, the lord has put that in me for his glory and so i can enjoy doing it but I can also use that as a form of worship, as an act of worship, as a sacrifice, and as an offering before the Lord for his glory. So it's just so important to use your gifts for the glory of God. Your gift can be any type of thing. It doesn't just have to be a musician or a singer or a writer or a preacher or a speaker. It is so many other things. There, There's just so many types of gifts. It's like if you just read throughout the epistles, it outlines so many gifts. You're like, oh, I didn't think that was a gift. Like it mentioned the gift of kindness and the gift of encouragement. Like that is... You never know. Like There can be so many different kinds of gifts that you can be using for the glory of the Lord throughout your life. And there's also a spiritual gifts test. If you haven't taken it, I highly recommend it. It's online. You can just Google spiritual gifts test, and it'll tell you like what your spiritual gifts are based upon. like It's kind of cool because it's like asking about like your personality, your likes, your dislikes. I think some of them go into your hobbies a little bit, but... It's really cool being able to take that test and kind of say, oh, wow, like I didn't know that about myself or that makes sense. Or, you know, it's kind of cool to like infer from the information that you get from that test. So highly recommend that if you haven't. But using your gifts for the glory of God is beautiful. And it's something that will point people towards God because it's something that you are good at, that you have been gifted with. And you're using that for God's glory. That's so important and so beautiful to use that. And it is so fulfilling also to use your gifts for the glory of God and see that people are being led to him. That is just something that is so fulfilling and so wonderful. And it just, man, it's so worth it. And it's so good. It's one of the best feelings you could ever have. The next point that I've got is by pursuing holiness. So a lot of the times that I'm thinking about how I'm being separate. So also the word holiness, the, whole, the word holy means separate. I think about um Isaiah 6, which is this whole very extravagant scene of Isaiah. He's got this vision of the Lord's throne and these seraphim, these angels who are very terrifying in description. They've got all these wings and all these eyes and it's just, it's horrifying. Um, I've seen it like a, someone like drew like the, by the description of the seraphim in, in the Bible and like, they like drew it and it was like absolutely horrifying. It's like, yeah, it's like <laughs> horror films don't got nothing on the seraphim. But um, these angels are singing holy, 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 and they never, ever stop. And holiness means separation. They're, they're proclaiming the holiness of God. And I actually have been reading this book. It's literally, I haven't finished it yet, which makes no sense. But The Holiness of God by R.C. Sproul, and it talks about what is holiness? What does it mean that God is holy? 
And throughout the Bible, we see that um, it's stated, be holy for God is holy, for your God is holy. And so a piece of pursuing holiness for me, so obviously there's like outward holiness um, by dressing modestly, by presenting yourself well, presenting yourself as a living sacrifice, but there's also the inward peace. And I personally, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I feel like sometimes it can be a little overemphasized, the outward holiness, and the inward can be a little underemphasized. And so while holiness is so important outwardly, because that's kind of first impression wise, like people see that, your character, as I've mentioned earlier, the different types of ways your character can be pointing towards God is so crucial. So your inward holiness, your actions, the way you do things, the certain things that you maybe do or don't do. I always go back to my experience over overseas because this is the time when I've been the most exposed to people of different types of different culture, different backgrounds, different um, lifestyles, um, you, you could say, than I. So, for example, a lot of them would go out clubbing at night. They'd go out to the bar, blah, blah, blah. They'd do all these things, and I wouldn't. I'd, I'd feel so weird, but I'm like, it's okay. Like, I am still having fun. Like, I don't have to do all these things to have fun, and I am being a light and being salt and light in the world by not maybe going out and doing those things and by and I did go out with them sometimes and I didn't do all the stuff they were doing but it's like I wanted to be with them and to be that salt and that light even in that environment as well um because I feel like sometimes if you never go into those environments that are quote-unquote unholy quote-unquote sinful and you're just staying away from all things associated with that how are you going to like reach people there i'm not saying go to the bar every day <laughs> i'm not saying that at all but it's like you can't be salt and light if you're not there does that make sense like you can't i don't know that's just I, that's probably going to be another podcast for another day but you know it's just important to be able to even be in environments where you may be the only christian and if you're the only christian well that's awesome because there's one of you, because you can be the one representing who Jesus is in that environment. So pursuing holiness is so important. People recognize you setting yourself apart by the way you dress, by the way you speak, by the conversations you have, by the things you do and don't entertain, by the actions you do or do not do. These different things are pointing towards like the fact that you are separating yourself, that you are pursuing holiness. And these things point to towards God because you are attempting you are striving to be holy because your father in heaven is holy so pursuing holiness is so important so my last point um for this podcast which this is a little longer than I suspected but you know I I thought I was going to go a little short but we're doing good on time so the last point that I have is having a burden for the lost um if you read the gospels which I highly recommend um I'm going to read over them again because they're so beautiful and so powerful. But you can see Jesus as he's going through Israel, as he's going through Galilee, and he's going through these cities and seeing these people. You can see so many times when it's written that he has a compassion, a burden for those who were lost, that he sees those lost sheep and he's moved. He's absolutely moved. That is heart. It's basically skips a beat that he is absolutely like it catches his attention, these lost people. And that's my favorite thing about character Jesus. It's the fact that he loves, adores, pursues and values and treasures the lost. The lost make him take a second look. They make his heart skip a beat. They make him stop in his tracks. He loves the lost. And so as we 
get closer to Jesus, as we grow in intimacy with him, and as we learn more of his heart, we will begin to identify with this passion, this love, this compassion for the lost, for sinners, for those who are have gone astray. As you begin to grow closer to the Lord, your desires will begin to shape into his desires. Your desires for your life will become his as you become closer to him. You'll become much less selfish because as you sit in the presence of the Lord, you just you're you just melt away. Like your your selfish desires, your sinfulness, it just melts away in his presence and you become to he he begins to purge and mold you to look more like him. And so one way that we can look more and more like him, the way our hearts can look more like his is by our burden for the loss. And it's not like a forced thing. It's kind of just like you begin to feel that and that begins to resonate with you. Just like that passion for the lost sheep, for the lost sinner, for the 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 beggar or the sinner who's in in the shadows, and that was the one that Jesus always looked at, the one he always looked to. He always pursued and looked at and loved, and stopped for the one who no one else cared about. That's his heart, and I so much, I so 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 love that about him. And so as you go closer to him, his desires become ours. And we will begin to feel that burden for the lost, for the lost sheep. He desires and pursues the lost. That's just who he is. That's his character. Got a couple more scriptures to read. Um, I've got Matthew 9, verse 36. It says, um, this is also just alluding back to um, him having that compassion for sinners, for the lost, as he was doing his ministry. It says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He's absolutely drawn to that. And something I I just also love about this is the fact that if you are confused and helpless and lost, you are the one who he sees. Obviously, he sees everybody, but man, you are the one who catches his eye. So don't feel as if you shouldn't pursue him or you shouldn't come to him because you are feeling lost or confused or helpless. You are the one who he sees. You're the one who he desires to come and help and rescue and pursue so don't feel ashamed about that i've also got luke 15 um and i'm going to read verses 1 through 7 it says it's also it's the parable of the lost sheep i'm just going to read like the, the big main chunk of it jesus told them this story if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost what will he do won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call it together. He will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over ninety-nine others who are righteous in heaven straight away. I just love this. Like, he loves the lost. He loves the lost so much. And I, I forgot to read verse 2 um, right before he says the story. But it says, um, Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with sinful people, even eating with them. And I love that also about Jesus, that he associated with those who were sinners and he loved them. And I love that so much because we should do the same. If God himself did that when he was here, we should absolutely do the same we should love we should have meals we should fellowship with sinners with people who are 
unconventional, with people who are not righteous, who are unholy, who are not following the Lord, who are in their sin. We should love them. We should be kind to them. We should show them the love of Christ. Because we were still sinners when he died for us. So it would be very wrong of us. It would be very vile for us to treat people as if they're unrighteous because we were unrighteous before he even covered us in his blood. It's so important to remember where we came from because these people are in the same place. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single person. But he's so good and he's loved us and he has died for us and he has covered our sins in his blood and he has forgiven us. And he does the same. He will do the same for every single person who has walked this earth because his mercy and his righteousness is for everyone. So to conclude, evangelism does not have to be extravagant. It does not have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be loud. Not everybody's loud. Not everyone's an extrovert. Not everyone can go introduce themselves to 50 people. (laughs) I can introduce myself to zero, okay? Like, we are all different. God has given us different personalities. And I don't think that God would make us knowing that we are not particularly comfortable or we're not necessarily in the particular space to do or say a particular thing or to act a certain way. I don't think that God would say, okay, she's an introvert, but man, she's going to really struggle with that evangelism. Man, like, good luck. Like, man, she's going to have to go preach to all these people. Like, no, the Lord has made us each different people, different desires, different tendencies, different personalities. And through that, we can still give him glory in our own way. And I love that so much about the individualism of people. It's that you're going to meet people that I never will. I have people in my circle that you'll never meet, or there's people in my circle that will meet someone else, and they'll have their own circle that you have no idea about. And in our own ways, we will proclaim the name of Jesus. We will be evangelists in our own ways. And I just think that's so great how we can be evangelists in our own lives, in our own circles. Not everyone can be a traveling preacher or an evangelist or a pastor or can preach on a stage in front of thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions for that matter. But we can all love our neighbors and we can all serve our communities for the glory of God. We can all share the love that Christ has shown to us initially. That first John 4 love, we can show that love to the people around us. We can give, we can show kindness and mercy and be patient and speak positively, speak well of others. You don't have to be a a preacher, an evangelist. You don't even have to be a singer or lead worship. There's such a beautiful thing of, of quiet serving and just serving and loving and not even needing to get credit. I think the Lord really values and honors serving without credit, serving without wanting nor needing credit. Like he loves to see the fact that when we are by ourselves, when nobody knows what we did or what we or what we have done for his glory, I think he really, really admires that and he like loves that. I think he really enjoys and that really pleases him just seeing the fact that we will be happy to serve him if even if nobody knows what we've done. 
because that shows integrity that shows the character of your heart that shows that the lord has really transformed you to the place where you want no glory and you want all the glory to go to him and that's just such a beautiful thing so i hope that you enjoyed this episode that it blessed you in some sort of way um yeah thank you so much for listening um if you are listening on apple podcasts i would really appreciate a five-star rating you can give a review if you'd like but you don't have to but i'd really 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 appreciate it um also i'm on spotify as well Castbox, google Podcasts. i'm on basically all the podcast platforms um but i really hope you enjoyed this episode i hope it was encouraging in some sort of way um i hope that one of these tips that i've given or one of these points can help you recognize and realize maybe that oh i can evangelize my own the way i can proclaim the name of god and i don't have to be a preacher you don't have to not everybody's supposed to be a preacher i mean that's just how it is right so yeah thank you guys so much for listening i love you guys so much um thanks for tuning in and i will talk to y'all next week ciao